0: Welcome to Thousand Hills. We'd like to thank you guys for tuning in. Hope you enjoy this message and we hope that it speaks blessings into your life. Well, a few weeks ago we started a series called Big and Rich. Big and Rich. And I know some songs come to your mind that may not be good. But anyways, they come to your mind when you think of that title. But it's such a fitting title for a series that I just couldn't pass it up. And so a few weeks ago, we started this series called Big and Rich. And I want to recap the first week in just a minute, but we've had some great messages brought to us in the last few weeks from some amazing ladies. First off, we learned what it means to be a big and rich mom from my wife, who's sitting right here and she did an amazing job. So give her a hand. Absolutely. And then last week we had an amazing message brought to us by Olivia Little, who's our youth minister. She did an awesome job on what it means to be a big and rich graduate. So give it up for Olivia. I'm excited to recap today what we learned our first week and then I want to dive into what I believe really means to be big and rich According to the Bible, according to what God says. And so the first week, a few weeks ago, we looked at Paul. He's one of the major writers in the New Testament of the Bible. And if you've not read the Bible, I encourage you to read it. But Paul is one of the greatest writers, one of the greatest authors that ever penned a word in the Bible. But here's what he did. He taught a spiritual son named Timothy. And he says, here's what I want you, Timothy, to teach the people in your church. And then he went in in 1 Timothy chapter 6. he, He taught him three things. And number one was this. And I'm recapping from a few weeks ago. He says, teach the people what being big and rich really looks like. Teach them what it really looks like. like. When we look at society and we look at things and we think, well, they're big and they're rich and look at that. You know, they got all that stuff and, you know, they're, they're pretty well off. I mean, they're pretty wealthy. I mean, they've got it all. And we look at their lives and we think, man, they're big. Man, they're rich. And a lot of us, we go, man, if I only had that money, if I only had that check, if, you know, that would just, if I could just win the lottery. Don't act like you've not bought a lottery ticket. <laughs> lottery people, if you win, you know, We have a church. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But, you know, a lot of people think, well, if I just win the lottery, if I could just, that check would just come through. If I could just get that job and where it paid six figures and all that stuff, then I'd be big. Then I'd be rich. Then I'd have it all. (laughs) But, you know, while money may make life easier, I would argue that it doesn't make it more fulfilling. I would argue that. Because I've had some money, not a lot of money, I mean, we're not made of money, and then I've had nothing. And I'm just telling you, even when you get some money, when it all comes through and everything works out, it's still not as fulfilling as it wants to be or you want it to be. Because here's why, money lies to us. It lies. It says things like, if you lose me, you're going to lose your life. If you don't have me, then you can't be happy. Money says, I'll fix all your problems. How many of you guys know that that's not true? Can I get you to raise your hand on that? Yeah, money lies, but here's the truth. True riches are not found in money that God gives us. True riches are found in God himself. God himself. Yeah. True riches are found in knowing Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior and living for Him. All the other stuff is a blessing, we're to enjoy it, all that stuff, but it will never fulfill you and never satisfy you like a relationship with God can. It'll never do it. And so money lies, and here's the truth. The more you pursue money, the more you chase after money, the less satisfied you're going to be. But the more you pursue God, the more you chase after God, the more you love God, the more satisfied you will become. That's just the truth. And so that's the first thing. He says, teach them what it really looks like to be big and rich. The second thing is, teach them not to love money, but to enjoy it. (laughs) A lot of people don't know how to enjoy money. I enjoy money. Can I get a witness? Anybody else enjoy money? I mean, it's like when we get some money, it's already spent. And I know what it's going to be spent on, like the first six things, and I don't even have it yet. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's burning a hole in my pocket. My wife, again, she's an amazing saver. I mean, she'll get a $100, you know, for her birthday, and she'll have it in seven months. And I'm like, how the heck do you do that? She's got this little kitty. Well, I don't know what that means, but it's old school, you know, little nest egg, you know, and I'm like, how much money do you have? And she's like, oh, anyway, so she's really good at that. But I spend it as I get it, but I enjoy it. We need to enjoy it, but not what's the Bible say. The Bible says don't love money. In other words, it's not evil to have money. What's evil is when you love it. When you love it and you say, how do I know if I love money? Well, we talked about this last week. And Here's the answer. If if it causes you to wonder from God, if it causes you to wonder from the things that are really important, like your family, like all the things that the Lord has given you, if it causes you to lie, if it causes you to cheat, if it causes you to stop serving God, to serve money, then you may love money more than you love God. Here's the other thing. If you get some money and all you think about is yourself when you get it, what you can gain personally from it, then you may love money more than you love God. Because the Bible teaches us that when we get the blessings of God, then we need to do something with them. That's what Paul says in number three. He says, teach them to be generous with their riches. And I want you to understand this. Being blessed with riches because you've grown a prospering business or got a great rancher, you got that promotion. Is not wrong. It's not wrong. Prosperity is a gift from God. A lot of pastors say, so, "You know, you give ten bucks to the church, you'll get ten million. It'll be in the mail." No, that's not what I'm talking about. But God does bless those that honor Him and that are generous with the things that He's given them. Amen. That's the truth. So being prosperous in your business, your ranch, you're getting that promotion, that's not the issue. Here's the issue. It's what you do with the riches that makes it right or wrong. Are you with me? We look at some people that are rich and we go, oh, by golly, I mean, I, you know, I just don't know how they do that. I mean, they drive that nice car. Look at their nice house. I mean, they ride nice horses, all that stuff. We want to judge rich people. That's wrong. God has blessed them. It, that's their gift. They have the gift of making money. Praise God. Amen? Praise God. So we don't want to look down on people that are rich in this world. It's not about what they have. It's what they do with what they have. It's not about what I have. It's what I do with what I have that makes me really rich and allows me to honor God. So Paul tells Timothy, he says, hey, tell them to do good with their money. Tell them to be rich in good works. Tell them to be generous to those that are in need. Tell them to share with others because that's what real being big and rich really looks like. So that's a recap. Now today we're going to look at another way that I believe the Bible describes that we're to be big and rich and what that really means. And here's how I want to kind of set this up. In our society today, our society says things like if you want to be big and rich, then you got to hump it. You got to get out there. You got to hurry, hurry, hurry. You got to get after it. You got to go, go, go. You got to work. There's no time to waste. Anybody ever felt like that? Raise your hand. Come on now. Everybody's felt like that. Some people are, you only work 40 hours a week, you slacker. Right? I mean, you better work 60 hours a week. You better get out there and work your butt off. You need to work, work, work. Here's what I find a lot of times. People are like, so how's it going? So how you been? And then our natural response is what? Busy man, I've been busy. I've just been busy. I mean, life's busy, man. I mean, if I, you know, just busy, I just can't can't catch up. Everything's busy. I mean, but here's the thing, and I'm going to try this, and I hope I can mean it, but here's what I want to do sometimes. When people ask me, how's life? I just want to say, man, I'm relaxed. I'm rested. I've been sleeping a lot. I mean, life is good, right? I've had three steaks this week. I mean, I just want to turn it on its head and say, I'm rested. You know why? Because I think that's where we're missing. I think that's what I'm missing in my life. And you say, okay, what does that look like? Well, for me as a pastor here, let me just explain a few things. Maybe you don't know what pastors do. And it's so funny because people, they're, sometimes they're like, so you do this full time? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. I actually work six days a week. I mean, it's really weird. Pastors actually, so you don't just work on Sundays? Yeah, uh, as a pastor, sometimes, and this is just the way that I am, but I have this innate drive that says, work until it's done. Anybody have that drive in you? I mean, it's like, okay, I got to work until it's done. But here's the problem. The work is never done. Anybody with me? Yeah, the work is never done as a pastor. I study 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 I get up early and I study and then I get on my computer and then my kids get home And i'm still studying and I gotta stay on the computer And then sometimes yeah, I have to use the restroom and I just take the laptop with me in the restroom <laughs> Too much information. Sorry about that But it's like I gotta go 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 I take phone calls I all the time every day every night The thing about texting is they can get a hold of quicker and all that stuff. It's like you can't get away right and so I feel like this, i got to go, go, go. And I've lived this lifestyle so, for so long in this mentality that says rest is for wusses. Right? I mean, that's the way I am. If you're going to walk beside me, you need to walk fast because we're going somewhere. You know what I'm saying? I like leave my wife in the dust when we're walking. And I feel bad because I just need to walk beside her. But I have this mentality that don't stop. Well, hurry. Go, go, go. You don't need to rest. I mean, I look at my five year old and I'm like, don't rest. Come on, come on, push it. And he's five. And I'm like, dang it, I'm asking too much out of a five year old. It's just what people expect, maybe, of a pastor or other people. And because of this, this drive that never stops in me, I become moody. Anybody? Come on. And irritable. I'm exposing some real things here. And my hair starts turning gray. <laughs> That's why I wear a hat, to hide it. And this, this idea of go, 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 it causes me to neglect some of the things that I need to be a part of in my family. It's led me to miss some important things in my life. It's caused me to be pretty hard to work alongside of, especially with people that don't have that same drive that I have. Now, here's the thing. I believe that God wants me to change. And I believe that he wants you to change as well. Because our society has implemented all this stuff into our lives that says, you got to go, 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 go. I believe that we have become unhealthy in what we do and taken a good thing and made it a bad thing. And I'm going to explain that. You say, what do you mean? Well, those that work at our church, they know that we value hard work and we're going to value that no matter what. We value grit. We say, grit, don't quit. (laughs) Grit, don't quit. And we want our church to grow for the glory of God. And we want to reach people. We want to be big and rich in the things of God. So we're going to work hard. But here's what I've realized. And this is the main point today. The main point is this. Big and rich followers of Christ, they take a day off. Now, again, some of you are like, I can take a day off? You mean I don't have to work every day? You know, I don't have to do what this world says is really important. And that's work, 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 work. Absolutely, And I believe it's biblical. Let me ask you this question. How many of you guys like to mow fast? Like when you mow your lawn, you want to mow fast. Raise your hand. Come on, mowers that mow fast. Right? I'm that way too. So like they have this little deal on the, the geared box deal or whatever. I don't know what the thing is, the little gear knob thing. And they have it on number two or three. They have mow here. I'm like, heck no. I put it on like fifth. And I'm like howling. I mean, just like woo. It's all about going fast. And I don't know if you've heard this commercial. Anybody heard that commercial from John Deere that says, it's not how fast you mow, it's how what? How well you mow fast. That is the truth straight from the Holy Spirit. I'm just telling you. It's not how fast you mow, it's how well you mow fast. Except for when you let your five-year-old on the mow, then you got to put him on second gear because he'll tear up the fence. But anyways... You say, well, what's the point? Well, I believe the same principle applies to our church. Because we're moving forward, because we're moving in a direction and it's going to get even bigger. And God's going to bless us with a facility and all that stuff. I believe that we need to take this same mentality and it's this. It's not how fast we grow. It's how well we grow fast. Because here's the deal. There's no time to waste, so we're trying to hump it. We're going to try to hurry. We're going to try to move forward. We're going to be urgent about things because guess what? People are dying and going to hell every day because nobody shared the good news of Jesus with them. So we're going, to be, we're going to move forward. We're going to drive forward. But it's not how fast we grow. It's how well we grow fast. And so here's the thing. As a pastor, I want to be a pastor of grit. I want to put my time in and I don't want to waste time because I want to grow the population of heaven. Here's what I'm learning. It's not how fast we grow. It's how well we grow fast and to grow fast. Well, guess what? We have to practice the biblical principle of taking a day off. I know that sounds weird because you're like, okay, we're going to grow. Then you got to work even harder. You got to go even faster. But the Bible says, and that's what we're going to talk about today, it's a biblical thing to take a day off. And you say, okay, Bo, I don't understand this. Can I just tell you, I don't understand it all either. I don't know how this is going to look in your life, but I'm trying to honor God by teaching you some of this stuff. The Bible calls a day off the Sabbath day. How many of you guys ever heard that word? Raise your hand. The Sabbath day. And you say, well, what does the Sabbath mean? Well, it means a day of rest. Some of you guys, you know this, but this is not on your radar. (laughs) But it means a day of rest. God established for people to rest. This isn't taught a whole lot because people are like, go, 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 go. But he established a day of rest. I'm going to give you some truths about the Sabbath. Number one is this. Taking a day off is a commandment. That word commandment, you go, what does that mean? Well, it's a commandment. God commands us to do certain things. They're not suggestions. They're not, if you have time, get this done. No, it's a commandment from God. If you look at Exodus chapter 20, God gave Moses the what? The Ten Commandments. And guess what? I'll I'll read you a few of them. Don't take any idols before me. Don't take the Lord's name in vain. Honor your father and your mother. Remember all these? You shall not commit murder. You shall not commit adultery. Don't steal. But in the middle of all of those, number four on the list in Exodus chapter 20, guess what it is? Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. This is a slap in many of our faces because we'll, we'll say, I haven't murdered anybody. I don't steal. I haven't cheated on my wife. But when it comes to keeping the Sabbath, we're like, dang it. Gosh. I forgot about that one. But the truth is, it's a commandment. I mean, tucked into Exodus chapter 20, look at it with me. It says this in verses 8 through 11. It says, what's the first word? Remember the Sabbath day and keep it what? Holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath or the rest to the Lord your God. On it, you shall, do, you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or your daughter, nor your male or female servant. I don't have any of those. <laughs> Actually, I do. Kids, three of them. <laughs> Some of you guys are like, DHS, let's call them. Turn the pastor in, (laughs) nor your animals, nor any foreigners residing in your towns. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the seas and all that is in them. But he what? He rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord, what blessed the Sabbath day and made it what? Holy. So here's the thing you say, well, how the heck does this work? I don't understand it all, and I don't know how it looks like in your life, but I want you to look at this scripture. It says, remember the Sabbath. We get so busy, it's like, oh, we got to go, 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 that we forget that we're to rest. I don't know, maybe you don't, but I do. But the Bible says, remember the Sabbath. Then he says, keep it holy. You say, what does that mean? Well, all the time, because keep it holy means give it to the Lord. When you take that day off, thank the Lord on that day honor the Lord, worship the Lord, read the Bible, pray, take that day and focus in on the Lord and the good things that he has done for you. That's what it means to keep it holy. Enjoy him. Here's the third part of that. Don't work on the seventh day. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more in a second. It says rest. It says why? Because I've blessed it. God says because I've blessed it so that you can be blessed. So here's the thing. God says this is my commandment. It's not just my suggestion. It's not if you, if you have time, do this. No, he says this is my commandment. Look at First John 5, 3. It says this. In fact, this is love for God to keep his what? Commands. And guess what? Listen to this. This is the good part. And his commands are not what? Burdensome. I tried to take a Sabbath, intentionally a Sabbath, a few Mondays ago. And I think Monday may be my day that I take off and I don't do any church work or anything. And it was hard. (laughs) I mean, it was hard. I was like, what the heck am I going to do today? Because I'm so used to go, 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 that I'm like, I'm sitting around and I'm thinking, God, do I read my Bible? I mean, what do preachers do on their day off? You know what I'm saying? I cuss. I drink a lot. No, I'm just kidding. I don't read my Bible. I don't talk to God. I don't pray. And some people are like, what do you do on your day off? Well, so on that Monday, I was like, dang, man, what do I do? But the truth is, it shouldn't be a burden. He says, I commanded you to do this because it's a Blessing. Not a burden. And so number one, it, this is a commandment. It's not a suggestion. Number two is this. Obeying these commandments, keeping the Sabbath, doesn't save you. It doesn't save you. Now, a lot of people are like, oh, if I just don't murder anybody, if I don't cheat on my wife, if I'm just a good old boy and I just keep all these commandments, then the Lord will let me into heaven. No, listen. The only way that you're going to be saved is through the blood of Jesus Christ that he shed on the cross. That's the only way. Amen? Yeah. So you say, man, I'll just keep these commandments and I'll get into heaven. No, listen to Ephesians 2.8. It says, for it is by what? Grace that you have been saved. Through what? Faith. And this is not from yourself. It is a gift of God. You think, well, this is going to get me into heaven if I just obey all these rules. No, listen. Obeying the commandments doesn't save you. Jesus saves you. Amen. That's a good thing. Number three is this. Keeping the Sabbath still applies to us today. Some of you guys, you think about the Sabbath and you think, okay, that was the Old Testament, right? I mean, the the Jews, the Israelites, I mean, all the people that were in the wilderness, they had to collect all that food in the wilderness on Friday so that they could get through the next few days and have enough food and all that. And you can read about that in the Old Testament. But a lot of people think, I'm supposed to keep all these New Testament laws. Well, the New Testament talks about it as well. And keeping these commandments, think about it. The commandments say, don't steal. Commandments say, don't lie. Don't cheat on your wife. Number four, keep the Sabbath. Really? I mean, is that what God really meant? But he wants us to keep them all. Some people would say, well, that's meant for the Jews, right? I mean, the Jews were God's chosen people, and that's not meant for us today. Here's what I would say to that. Here's my answer, and I want to answer with a question. When did God first establish the Sabbath at creation? Think about it. And some people are like, well, he talks about it in Exodus. You just read that scripture and it applies to the Israelites and the Jews and all that stuff. But guess what? God created the Sabbath when there was only two people on the earth. The Jews weren't even there yet. And guess what he did? In, in, in Exodus chapter 20, again, we already read it, but it says, For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. But on the seventh day, what did he do? He rested. That is why the Lord blessed The Sabbath day and set it apart to be holy. The only two humans that were on the face of the earth were Adam and Eve. The Jews didn't even come till later. So I would argue that the Sabbath is meant for all of us. Not just for the Jews, not just for the people in the Old Testament. Number four is this. It's a, this whole idea of the Sabbath or taking a day off. It's the principle behind it, not the day that matters. Okay. Now, some people argue this as well. They're like, oh, you got to have it on Saturday. I mean, most Jews practice Sabbath on Saturday. Most Christians practice Sabbath on Sunday. And they think, well, it's got to be one of those days because the you know, Bible says. I, I would argue that the Bible doesn't say that it has to happen on a Saturday or Sunday. Never read that. The Lord's Day. For me, the Lord's Day can be any day. That's just what I believe. I mean, the Bible, when it says that God worked on six days and he rested on the seventh, it doesn't say he worked Sunday through Monday or Sunday through Friday and took Saturday off. It doesn't say any of that. It's the whole idea of work six days and take the seventh off. And That's what the Bible teaches. So for me, it doesn't matter what day you take off as long as you're taking one off. I'm just telling you, because some people are like, well, then we shouldn't have church on Tuesdays because that's not the Lord's day. Really? So Jesus can't work on Tuesdays, right? Because it's not the Lord's day. Really? People don't get saved on Tuesdays. They don't get saved on Thursdays. Really? I can't worship God on a Thursday. Really? Because it's not the Sabbath? Because Sabbath's only on Saturday, Sunday? I would argue that that's not the idea. It's the principle behind it, not the day that matters. Number five is this. It's not what you do On the Sabbath that matters, it's what you don't do. I want to illustrate this this way Exodus chapter 20, 20, verse 10, it says, On it, the Sabbath, you shall not do any work. Work. And that word work for me kind of throws everything off because some people view work as different things. OK, but here's what I understand about it. I heard a pastor preaching on this the other day and, and he was preaching on the Sabbath. And the one question that he always gets when he preaches on the Sabbath was, what do you do on your Sabbath? But he answered it with a question and he said, it's not a what I do on the Sabbath. It's what I don't do on the Sabbath. That's really the question. Now, I'll use myself as an example. I'm a pastor, okay? So my work, I would define my work as church work. Yours may be an oil field. Yours may be a business. Yours may be ranching. That's what you work and you get paid to do, right? So if I was to say, you know, what am I going to do on my Sabbath? I'll tell you what I'm not going to do on my Sabbath. I'm not going to do church work. Now, again, some of you guys are like, well, what happens if there's an emergency? Now, again, God doesn't want this to be a burden. He wants it to be a blessing. So if an emergency happens, I'm going to take the call. I'm going to do my job. Amen? And sometimes you've got to do that. Like they were pouring concrete the other day at our church building on a Monday. That was my Sabbath. I, I've tried to figure out what day works for me, and that was my Sabbath. I went, and then I took Tuesday as my Sabbath to be able to rest and not take church work. Does that make sense? So you say, what is work? Well, for me, it's what you get paid to do. And so what I get paid to do, I'm not going to do on the Sabbath. Here's what I've learned about myself. I'm a pastor, so I have a little bit of a different take on this. I study the Bible for a living, I read my Bible for a living. I I preach for a living. And so a lot of you, you go to your job every day, and it's a secular job, and you deal with secular things and all that stuff. And for you, church is a time of replenishing. It's a time to focus in on God. It's a time to read your Bible and learn about the Bible and all that stuff. And obviously, it's a time for me to do that as well, but it is my job. Here's the other thing that I've learned in my own life. You know what replenishes me spiritually and emotionally and, and physically? Manual labor. Some of you guys like, dang right, come to my house. (laughs) I got a house you can paint. I got some fence to build. But here's what I've learned. For me, if I want to get replenished, because I was talking to my wife this the other day, she goes, and we were talking about what replenishes us. And for me, my job is so mental, so spiritual, so emotional that I have to do something physical so that I can be replenished. And so you say, What are you not gonna do on your Sabbath? I'm not gonna do church work. As much as I can depend on God to show me what that looks like. And I feel like I'm released and God has given me a piece about working outside. I may go ride a horse. I may mow my lawn fast. <laughs> because a lot of people are like, you shouldn't do any of that. Well, that's not what I get paid to do. So that for me is replenishing for me. Now you may be different. You may go do all that stuff all day and and you sitting at home reading the Bible, studying the Bible, praying all that stuff. I'm going to do that. Here's some of the blessed, the most blessed time that I have is outside when I'm working. That's the time when I can pray. I can thank God. I can thank pure thoughts. I get the fresh air in my lungs and I get to enjoy it and I I just get a, I, I feel close to God in those moments because it replenishes me. And you think, well, I want to go to a church conference and get replenished. I don't, I, I don't get replenished. I, I mean, obviously, I learn things at those, but that's not where I get replenished. I get replenished when I get to go hunting and I get to follow a dog. He's pointing some birds. That's, that's what I get replenished at, that work, that fun, all that stuff. Here's the thing. I don't know what it looks like for you, but that's what it kind of looks like for me. Here's the other thing that I'm, I'm committing to do and I'm committing to do for our church. If you work on our staff... I'm going to require you to take a day off. I went to a church the other day and they have these little slippy cards that to get into the building. You can't, I mean, it's security kind of a deal where you got to wipe your card. On their day off, if they're a staff, their card doesn't work. They require them to take a day off because we all go push, 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 push. I got to get these things done. They require them. Actually, at at that church, they have cell phones for their employees, their staff, and they actually take the SIM card out of their cell phone and they put a new SIM card in so that nobody can get a hold of them except for the people that are in their family or in emergency. And it protects those people from neglecting the Sabbath. You say that's extreme. I think that's a good thing. Because it protects them from losing their family and putting the church ahead of their family or whatever else. You know That's something I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to require out of our job. You may be thinking, Bo, I work in the oil field. I mean, I work three weeks in a row and then I'm off four days. How the heck does that work for me? I, I, I really can't tell you how that's going to work for you. Maybe you work 14 days and then you, when you get your seven days off, two days are your Sabbath. And you make up for the week that you didn't get to take a Sabbath. I don't know. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray about it. I mean, some of you guys are harvesters. I, I, we've got friends that are harvesters. And it's time. You've got to get this harvest done. Maybe you work for three months and then you take a month or how many ever, you know, three months, that's what, four weeks, that's well, I don't know. How many ever days that equals up that you missed, you take that as the Sabbath. And you take those in a row. I don't know what that looks like for you. You say, I'm a rancher. Things got to be fed. Things got to be doctored. Things are going to die. Here's what I've learned. When you honor God, God takes care of all that. And you say, well, I still got to water. I still got to do that. And I'm not saying don't do that. You pray about that and then you get it in line with God. God blesses you when you honor him. I'll give you an example. There's a business called Chick-fil-A. How many guys like Chick-fil-A? Anybody? Amen. Amen. Even though it's chicken, they don't serve beef. But here's the thing. Chick-fil-A, run by Christian, organization started by them, all that stuff. Guess what? They're not open on Sundays. Dang it. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Because I always go there on Sunday if I'm in town, and I'm like, oh, they're they're closed. But here's what I've learned. They do that because their desire is to honor the Sabbath. And guess what? Every day that I've ever been to a Chick-fil-A, guess how many people are there? Hundreds. I mean, I go into the drive-thru, and I'm thinking, there's 45 cars here. I've seen three people out on the the sidewalk taking orders because they got so many people in their lines. You know why? Because God's blessing them because they're honoring the Sabbath. I'm just telling you, it works. And I'm trying to get my life in a place where I can say, God, I'm going to honor you no matter what it costs. I'm going to honor you because you have blessed me with a job to begin with. Here's the last thing. You say, why? Why why should I trust God and, and, and actually plan a day off? Here's why. Because it's for your benefit. It's for your benefit. Mark 2 says this. One, one Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields and his disciples walked along. And they began to pick some heads of grain. And the Pharisees and the people that want to push religious rules to... And this is me talking, not the scripture. They want to push the religious rules and make you feel like you got to do it all the time. I mean, the Pharisees said to him, look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He answered, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abathar, the high priest, he entered the house, David, entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, the holy bread. which was lawful only for the priest to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, Jesus, he said to them, The Sabbath, it was made for who? For man, not man for the Sabbath. So the son of man is the lord of even of the sabbath. Listen, you say well I can't afford to take it off. No, you can't afford not to. I can't afford not to. In the Old Testament, people that took advantage of the sabbath, guess what happened to them? They were stoned. They were killed. If they didn't obey God, they were stoned and killed. Here's what I believe. While we don't practice that tradition, we're not going to kill people, obviously, that don't take part of the Sabbath. Here's what I believe. I believe that we're killing ourselves. We are going to die quicker because we have neglected the Sabbath that God had in place, and we're not resting. You say, Bo, you're a lazy, lazy man. You can call me lazy whatever you want, but I'm going to honor God. I'm going to do my best to honor God. And you say, what are the benefits? Here's the benefits. You'll be rich in God's blessings. You'll be rich in rest. You'll be rich in peace. You'll be rich in emotional rest, in mental rest, in physical rest. You'll be rich in spiritual rest. Isaiah 56.2 says this, Blessed are all those who are careful to do this. Blessed are those who honor my what? Sabbath days of rest and keep themselves from doing wrong. I'm going to be honest, I've neglected the Sabbath. And I believe that many of you have probably neglected the Sabbath. But here's what I want to ask you to do. I want to ask you to begin to honor God with it. Whatever that looks like for you. However you figure that out. I don't know what that looks like for you. But you need to be praying that, that you would begin to honor God with that. You know why? I believe that a lot of us, if not all of us, are running on empty because we bought into this, this lie that you got to work, 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 work. And our families are feeling the strain. Your job fills the strain. Everybody fills the strain. But God says, if you want to be big and rich, guess what? Take a day off. And honor me. I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. How many of you guys would, you know, like like me? You would you would say, "Behold, I know I've disobeyed this commandment." How many of you guys would just raise your hand and admit you've neglected the Sabbath? Yeah, all across the barn. How many of you guys would say, Bo, because of that, I know and I can tell that I oftentimes I uh, obviously don't honor God with my attitude or, you know, what I say or what I do. And I am running on empty. Anybody raise your hand and say that. Yep. All across the barn. Here's what I want you to know. And here's what God's teaching me. That's not the way that he wants you to live. Again, we should be able to say when somebody asks us, "How's life? How you doing?" We should be able to say, "You know what? I'm rested. Things are good." Again, are we supposed to work hard? Are we supposed to have some grit? We're we supposed to do our jobs well? Yes. But are we supposed to honor God and take a day off and honor him and rest physically, emotionally, spiritually, you know, all those things? Yes. It is a commandment from God. And we need to honor him. And so some of you maybe need to pray this prayer of commitment. Maybe just in your heart, you need to pray this with me. Lord, show me how I can honor you by taking a day off. Again, for some of you, that, that may be an easy thing. Sunday's are your, your Sabbath. That's great. But for some of us, we got to figure something else out. Maybe your prayer needs to be this. Lord, show me what day you want me to take off from work so that I can honor you. Show me what I am not supposed to do on that day. Show me what I can do on that day. Maybe you just make this your prayer. Lord, I commit to being obedient to your Commandments, so that I can be big and so that I can be rich in the things that really matter. That is my commitment to you, Lord. Maybe you just need to pray this as well. Thank you for allowing me to take a day off, thank you for the Sabbath. And help me not to neglect it from this point on in my life. Maybe that needs to be your commitment today. I hope that it is. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to close this in a word of prayer. If you have other needs, you have, you know, needs that maybe we didn't talk about today. Fill out that orange card. Place it in one of these yellow buckets. We would love to minister to you in some way. But I hope that that through the teaching today that you've learned what it means to be truly big and truly rich in the Lord God I thank you for teaching me these things and I thank you for impressing on me to teach them to our church and Lord today as we walk out of here I pray that we would implement and that we'd be obedient to what you've commanded us to do that we would not take lightly the things that you've commanded us and just blow them off and think you're okay with those things. I mean, all these other things, yeah, those are serious, but you're not serious about this. You're not serious about me taking a day off or, you know, enjoying you and resting. Lord, I pray that you would change our hearts, change our minds, change our intentions, and may we become big and rich in the things that really matter, and those are the things that truly honor you. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen. Thank you guys again for listening today. If you've made a commitment today or if you have any needs, feel free to contact us at info at thousandhillsranch.church or you can text or call 580-216-6427. And may God bless the ride you're on.